Many schools around the country are at their wits' end waiting for much-needed classrooms to be built. And one Auckland high school's resorted to self-funding buildings. The Ministry of Education's had to pause 20 big projects to deliver over 100 classrooms amid cost overruns and role growth uncertainty. The Minister of Education, Erica Stanford, recently told Nine to Noon the Ministry had been over-promising and under-delivering. Forecasts have suggested in Auckland alone schools could grow by 30,000 students by 2030. Steve Hargraves is the principal of Maclean's College at Eastern Beach. He says role growth fuelled by immigration is putting immense pressure on facilities and is waiting for the Ministry of Education to react. Uh, it's demoralising waiting, he says. Instead, the school's embarked on a multi-million dollar programme itself. And in Dunedin, the principal of Anderson's Bay School, Pauline Simpson, says she feels powerless and fed up after the Ministry pulled the pin at the 11th hour on plans for more sorely needed classrooms. Kia ora koroa, Stephen Pauline. Thanks for your time this morning. Kia ora. Kia ora. Steve, let's begin with you. What's happening at your school that's driven you to a quite extreme and expensive option? Well, like you said in your intro, it's the role growth, um, immigration and infill housing. And our zone uh, has seen our role grow by about 300 in the last two years. So if you include our out-of-zone students and internationals, we're over 2,900, and, and a couple of years ago we were sitting about 2,500. So you said also that um, Erica Stanford said the ministry's been over-promising and under-delivering. Our, our problem's the opposite. They haven't promised us anything. In fact, all they've said is that in about three years' time, if they start now, they'll have some buildings for us, and of course we can't wait. So um, like you said, we've... We've built five classrooms, they're open now, uh, cost us $2.5 million, and we put that together in, in about nine months so that the students have rooms now, and if we didn't, I don't know where we'd be teaching our classes right at the moment. Can you explain the actual pressure, this idea that you just line up a bunch of prefabs and away you go? What are the, what are the specific space pressures? What are the activities, the diverse activities and services the school has to offer that are struggling because of this? Well, you can imagine once the role starts to grow, you have to recruit more teachers and we're in a recruitment crisis. So you really have to go out to the market, go overseas and try and find teachers. You have to convert teachers from maybe being in one subject specialism to another. Um, you have to try and find counsellors, um, sports coordinators, coaches, everything that you want to provide. Pressure goes on it. And of course, then the obvious one is the teaching space. Um, and we don't have that. Um, so we've put this line of classrooms on what was a gravel car park. Uh, it's actually not a bad space. That sounds terrible, a gravel car park. But it, it's it's handy um, to other parts of the school, and it was a level site, so it, it works well. Um, How many yeah. classrooms for the $2.5 million? Um, So the ministry had oh, – we, we built five and a toilet block. Um, so five classrooms with a, a five-toilet block cost $2.5 million, and that's the, the landscaping, the paths, the decking, and everything. And, of course, when we said that number to the ministry, they didn't believe us. They assumed that that would have cost us $5 million. And I think that's part of their problem, is that their costs, um, you know, they just can't control their costs in a, in a way that we can if we manage the project on site. It's an interesting. Another observation of the minister in that interview, I take your point, not all schools have been overpromised. But another observation of the minister in that interview was she believed the ministry had been doing these very high-spec um, 
individual designs for schools. Is there an element of truth for that? Yes, it's wonderful to have the absolutely best and, and most attractive buildings we can have, but at the moment, would you concur? Yeah, I do agree. I mean, some of the buildings that have gone on around different schools, and we've even had a couple here in, in recent times, they are very, very nice. And of course, what we need right now is just the bare basics. We just need, you know, a good, uh, warm, good acoustics, but a, a rectangle that we can teach kids in. Um, yeah, so we don't need to go over the top with the design. So five this year, two and a half million you raised, but that's not where you're stopping. What's on the plans now? Well, we're building another five. So we've actually got permission in with the ministry, and this is the joke of it all. It's, it's our money and our effort that goes into building it. We still have to get permission from the ministry to put them on site. So we're in the process of getting that permission now, and our board just last week gave um, you know permission to take $2.5 million out of our, our budget um, to fund this next round of classrooms. And of course, if we don't, um, again, we won't have enough rooms for our, our students in the coming year. I mean, the, the role is growing daily. We have enrolments walking in every day. And uh, like I said, the timeline for the ministry is they haven't even put their own business case together to, to get a building underway or designed or consented or anything here. So we have to look after ourselves. So the irony is you're paying for it, you're getting permission from the ministry, you've delivered it, and you've delivered it for less than they were going to deliver it for. Yes. And how would you sum that experience up? Well, it's totally unfair. I mean, these buildings ostensibly are to house international students. That's how we get permission. You can't build buildings on site to house in-zone students or out-of-zone students. It's only for internationals. So that's what I write in the um, application, and I do want to regrow our international student numbers, but the reality is these rooms are housing local students, New Zealand students, and increasingly now in-zone students, and that surely is the responsibility of the ministry, but we are doing it, and it's only thanks to the fact that we've had international students for about 25 years and we have a little bit of money in the bank that we can actually afford to do it. And that's totally wrong. Do you believe you should be refunded? Well, yeah, I do. I mean, that's a conversation that we yet to have. Um, but absolutely, if we build them and we can deliver them more cheaply than what the ministry could, then they'd be getting a bargain if they repaid us. I guess the thing is, some schools, again, will fundraise to have special extra facilities big flash new gym or hall or, you know, sports, whatever. But this is core classrooms. This is what you believe you're entitled to based on your role. Yes, we are, absolutely. I mean, it is a little bit hard to track some of what the Ministry said. In 2021, they said our school capacity was 1839 in zone students. The next year, with no additional classrooms, they said it was 1870. And then last year, for some reason, they said... We needed 2,120 in-zoners before they'd build us another classroom. Now, we've beaten all of those numbers anyway, but it's a little bit hard to follow. When are we actually going to be entitled to some new rooms? Because they haven't built us any additional classroom space in about 20 years. They've replaced leaky buildings and those sorts of things, but no additional classroom space. We've done all of that ourselves. Can you explain how it works, how you become entitled with, with role growth, how you become entitled to new classrooms? Yeah. What's the system? Well, I'm not 100% sure, other than they will have a formula somewhere that says, you know, maybe 25 or so students to a classroom, um, and once you have that many in-zone students, then you can have another uh, another classroom. Um, but like I say, the numbers seem to swing around depending on, on what ends they want to achieve. Stay with us, Steve. I want to come back to you, please. But let's bring in our second guest, who's Pauline Simpson. She is principal of Anderson's Bay School in Dunedin. Know it well, Pauline. Went to school just down the road. Good morning to you. 
Is self-funding a development, an option for your school? No. No. We are a primary school and uh, we don't have um, international students, so we don't have independent funding streams. I think Erica Stanford's um, comment about over-promising and under-delivering has exactly hit the nail on the head here. Five years ago, the school um, went through a process with the ministry that was initiated by the ministry for a mixture of role growth and redevelopment. There has been no um, funding for new classrooms since the 1970s, and our school really needs an upgrade. So we were promised an upgrade, the whole planning, master plan, whole new school over the next 25 years. We've been here since 1858, and we do have a very proud tradition. So we deliver high-quality education. That goes without saying. We're just asking for classrooms to match that are fit for purpose um, for our students and our staff. So we've been promised. We got to the stage last year where we were told to go out to consent, council consent, procurement. We were looking at carpet colours, we were looking at paint colours, and then right at the 11th hour we were told, oh, sorry, we're going to put that that, that all on hold and we'll now give you half of what we promised. So is this a good use of public money? Is this a short-sighted band-aid approach? And we would say yes. So the master plan vision for the school was the right approach, and it just seems ridiculous and short-sighted to change it now. So much money has been spent, at least a million dollars, I would think. Uh, We did ask for an Official Information Act request, which they haven't delivered on time, to tell us just how much money was spent on architects, consultants, um, our time, their time. We're looking for a strong solution going forward that recognises that school buildings require ongoing infrastructure investment. You mentioned architects there. Does this Mm. get to one of the issues that the Minister raised, that perhaps we've just been a little bit... Bougies are not a very fair word, but, you know, um, there's been some beautiful buildings go up, um, and that is fabulous to have for students, but are we over-speaking and therefore blowing out costs, Pauline? Obviously, there's been huge increases in the costs of construction over the last four years anyway, but do you believe they're over-specced? Yes, they're definitely over-specced. So our site is on a hill, um, and you can't just put a relocatable classroom and plonk it down. There are issues around being on a hill. Um, But certainly the ministry, I did not know so many engineers existed. Acoustics, lighting, sound, traffic, archaeology, you name it, they've had somebody doing a report on it. Um, And then they've told us we have to go well and truly above the building code because our ministry code is higher. And then when they changed their mind, uh, a couple of weeks ago, they told us, oh, no, now we just have to comply with the, with the council building code. Um, so, yes, they, they have imposed these um, high-spec requirements. And, but the process that it has gone through, 
Four years ago, back in 2019, we were told we're planning for the delivery of the approved project early next year. This is in 2019. So if you think how much money has been spent since 2019, on September the 29th last year, we were told, please rest assured, we're committed to this project. As in, you, we're ready to go. Um, so I think that the money, the wastage of public money, with how long they have managed to draw out this process, is really something that needs to be answered. We just want what they promised. What do you believe has happened now? What did they say to you? Uh, they said, oh, we can't guarantee that role growth. And across the network, so now they're not just talking about our school, they're saying until there is overcapacity at every school in the area, you can't have two of those four classrooms. So not only can you not have, they had four classrooms with um, breakout spaces in the middle, um, toilets, all that sort of thing. They've cut it off now and said you can have two classrooms uh, not the four and none of the breakout space. So short-sighted, absolutely. What are the conditions of the current classrooms? Well, there's been no new classrooms since the 1970s, so they're clearly tired. The heating, the ventilation, you know, none of this is ideal. There's also accessibility issues. So currently, our school site is not accessibility compliant with car parking. Um, which was going to have been addressed with the new build. Um, so we don't comply with current council bylaws. Um, not all of our classrooms are easily wheelchair accessible. The new ones were going to be all built on flat ground, the little bit of flat ground that we do have. Um, so none of these issues about uh, student access have been addressed. Do you think it is a doubt about the role growth trajectory and a desire to fill up every school in the district first, or are they simply blind budgets? What do you think? I think it's both. Okay. I think it's absolutely both. They're talking about doing a, a, a network review to check how many, how many spare spaces in every school in the district. We have got council subdivisions that are in their, um, the section stages. So there's 90 new um, building platforms just in our zone. But because there are no houses on them yet, they're not counting them. Well, also with migration, a lot of people rent when they first arrive, right? Yes, they do. Okay, look, we had a statement from the Ministry, not sure if you've had this, from Sam Fowler, Ministry of Education, Head of Property, who says around $750,000 has been spent to date on the Anderson's Bay School project, uh, including planning, design, consents and investigation works, as well as learning support, property modifications and foreign emergency New Zealand compliance works and infrastructure upgrades already undertaken and needed now. The work to date will support the smaller plan development and future role growth when needed. The school will not be losing any teaching spaces. Two new role growth teaching spaces were being planned and designed, along with the replacement of two existing teaching spaces and a replacement hall the need for the role growth is not eventuated, so that funding will be reprioritised to other schools. Is that pretty much what you've been told? That is pretty much what we've been told. But the thing is that we've been told so many things over the last five years, it's really hard to trust.
Okay. It's really hard to trust what they're saying. Can I come back? Thank you, Pauline. Pauline Simpson is principal of Anderson's Bay School, primary school in Dunedin. Back to Steve Hargraves. What's been your experience? You told us at the outset you were never promised anything. Um, have you had any indications from, from the ministry that new classrooms are on their agenda for you at some point? Uh, no. <clears throat> Excuse me. The, the latest uh, message we had was that they might start to write a business case to get these new buildings underway. Uh, but they were pretty upfront about the fact that that would then lead to, you know, consenting in a design process and then a construction process. So the whole thing would take three years. Um, so they're being clear about that. Look, interesting listening to Pauline about the wasted money. We've got some old prefabs down the back of school as well, and we're in an argument with the ministry about that. The, the 1970s, they've got asbestos, they leak, and all the rest of it. And we were actually given um, an email that said that they had been surveyed and they are due for destruction and removal from sites. <laughs> And then about an hour later, they said, sorry, you weren't supposed to see that email. Can you delete it? And now they're trying to fix them at about $130,000 per classroom, which to me is nuts. If you want to talk about wasted money, I mean, I've got other stories too where we had a building project cancelled about six or seven years ago after they'd spent $600,000 planning it and then started from scratch and, and rebuilt it. So, look, it, it, it's yeah, the system for ministry property, it's, it's broken. There has been, I don't want to refer to it because everyone's over it as an excuse, but there has been the pandemic and accompanying the pandemic, a 30 to 40% rise in the cost of construction. There is this issue of whether um, going for the absolute excellence in school design perhaps needs to be amended. Can you cut them any slack for these things, Steve? Yes, totally. Look, I, I agree. The, the cost of construction has gone through the roof and I've got a lot of sympathy for the ministry with tight budgets, um, yeah, they do need to cut costs, and there will be some projects that have to go. Um, and they are talking about working through a reprioritisation now. I just hope that they don't take too long, and then when they do get the priorities back in order, that we're on the list somewhere, and that they don't you know, muck around. They get straight into building some good, solid, basic classrooms. Which you'd say you've just done? Well, we've done it for them, yes, and we're doing another batch this year. Um, and it, I think that's wrong. I mean, it's totally wrong. We shouldn't be relying on parent donations and international students to house local kids. I mean, that's nuts. Um, but the alternative is I teach them on the field, and we're not going to do that, so we're going to get stuck in and, and look after ourselves. And I've got a lot of sympathy for Pauline because we're big enough to, to look after ourselves, and you know we're very fortunate that way that our community and our parents can, can pitch in and help. Um, but it's wrong. Thank you both. Steve Hargraves there, Pauline Sinsom.